You're listening to Not Average Politics. Common Sense Politics. Follow on Twitter at NotAvPolitics. Audio on iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Now get ready to make internet talk radio great again, because it's time to talk about politics. Oh, and some other stuff. And we are back from the YouTube exclusive segment. If you are joining us in the audio format, go ahead and go to our YouTube channel and check that out. This is the Not Average Politics podcast, and I am joined here in Discord with Austin. Bye, Austin. I can't even speak English. English is a hard language. I'm sorry. Um, it's really hard. Yeah. It's up there with Mandarin, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about the DNC today. This is the DNC review slash analysis slash whatever. So to start off, let's talk about what the DNC is, just like we did last week with the RNC. By the way, go ahead and check that out if you want to on whatever. It was the uh, Not Average Politics podcast episode three. This is episode four. Yep. So check that out. Episode three was the RNC, the Republican National Convention. And now we're doing DNC, which is the Democratic National Convention. So that means it's the convention where the Democrats nominate their nominees for the office of the president and vice president of the United States of America. And the delegates vote and they nominate somebody and that's who they campaign during the general election. So this is what the primaries lead to. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's talk about the DNC implosion, which was the Russians hacking and leaking DNC emails showing that they were kind of attempting to rig the election in favor of Hillary Clinton and defeating Bernie Sanders, which they shouldn't have been doing since both of those candidates were running for the nomination. So they should have not supported either of them, not tried to hurt either of them, and just kind of waited for the people the people support the party by voting, um, wait for what the people wanted, and nominated who the people wanted. But instead, they got involved in basically attempting to rig it in Hillary's favor, and they talked about it via email, and the Russians got a hold of those emails and leaked them. So their chairperson, Wasserman Schultz, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, she is resigning, or has resigned, I don't know if she has yet, it's supposed to be like at the end she, of the week. I think she's supposed to resign today, if I remember from her tweet yeah. or a news article. It was like, she'll resign after like, the DNC is over. Yeah, like really soon. Like today she was supposed to or anyway. Yeah. So basically during the beginning portion of the convention, they kind of had to play damage control on that. And the main way that they did that was having Bernie speak to delegates and stuff. And then he got booed off stage because people are like, wow, they rigged it in Hillary's favor. So let's root for Bernie. And Bernie's like, no, we need to still vote for Hillary. And they're like, boo. And that's what happened. So they had to kind of play damage control, kind of hide it. You know, they asked the the chairwoman of the DNC to step down. She's going to do that. Um, I think some more people should step down because there were a lot more people in those emails that were uh, definitely trying to rig it, talking about I, I think Bernie's religious beliefs and stuff like that. I think we should all take time that against to uh, appreciate this tweet from... Uh, D at D W tweets as of course the official Twitter of Wasserman Schultz uh, from uh, July 18th. Mind the date. Uh, hi at Renice, which is the RNC head dude. 
Oh, I'm in Cleveland if you need another it's chair rants. to keep your... I don't know how to say it. That's just his rants. ad, dude. Did I at say rants. that? Rance? Really? Rance R Priebus. It's R Rance Priebus. R-E-I-N-C-E? -E? Yes, it's, it's Rance, Rance Priebus. He's, he's the chair right. of the RNC. Anyways, RNC, dude. Hey, I'm in Cleveland. If you need another chair to keep your convention in order, hashtag RNC in Cleveland. Wow. Yep. He definitely needed that uh, extra chairperson to hold that convention in order. Yeah. So, yeah. Basically, before <sighs> the DNC, the DNC imploded, and they played damage control, and they survived it, um, which is lucky for them. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the shenanigans and protests and stuff towards the end of this podcast, but we just kind of wanted to open and talk about that. Um, also, just to go a little bit more in-depth on the email thing, we now believe that, or well, we now know that the Russians got into some of Hillary's top um, assistants and people like that into their emails, and there is a very strong chance that they got into Hillary's personal email server, and they, they might have the 300... 300... 30,000 emails that she deleted and did not turn in when she was subpoenaed to turn them in. Yeah, so. I think, I think the, the Democrats learned a valuable lesson um, in the past year. I just send letters. Um, that's my advice to the Democrats. To send yeah. letters. Yep. Uh, <sighs> I don't know. The Russians might have intercepted the letters. They use like a carrier pigeon. Yeah. They revive the carrier <laughs> pigeons and they're just like, that's mine now. Oh. That'd be pretty funny, actually. We should start doing the podcast via carrier pigeon. Just remove the technology format, you know? You'll just see a pigeon fly over your house. You have to, like, go lasso we need it. To, like, and, like, you can read the podcast. Like, we'd have to revive them. Like, what? <laughs> they're all dead. <laughs> how would we How would we do that? That'd be impressive. It would be. But, yeah. We're going to go... Like how, um, I like how the emails <laughs> release from Wasserman and she resigns, but... Hillary Clinton's emails get released, and she's like, nah, it's fine. Whatever. I'm still <laughs> running fine. for president. Well, now she's saying that it was, um... So that people told her to have a personal email server. Like, it was, well, um, like, What's the word what? I'm thinking of? It was, uh... Uh... Wasn't her fault, man. It was someone else's fault. No, that she... I, why can't I think of the word? I'm having problems speaking today. What is it about? What's the word? Like, that people told her... And, like, implied that that's what you should do, is have a personal email server. Yeah, but that's still her fault. Like, no one's forcing her. Just because just I tell you to kill yourself doesn't mean you have to kill yourself. Like... Yeah. We're going to go ahead and move on to some speech analysis right after this break. Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about Bill Clinton's speech, Michelle Obama's, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Tim Kaine, and Hillary Clinton. So get ready for that during the midsection of this show. But we will be right back. And we are back from that quick break right there, and we're going to be doing some speech analysis. 
And we're going to be beginning with Bill Clinton's speech. I really liked it. I think it was actually my favorite speech of the entire convention. Basically, he told the story of him and Hillary and how they met and how they went through life. And it was very necessary, I think, to uh, kind of have Bill up there to kind of humanize her. Because what we see with a lot of these political candidates is people view them based on their policy and their kind of upfront personality and not who they are, like, deeply. So at the convention, a lot of what they try and do is humanize the candidate, is the term that they generally use, to kind of give you a feel for who they truly are as a person and not as a political candidate. So he kind of told their story, their life story. Um, In the spring of 1971, I met a girl. Yeah. It was it was really I I thought it was a really great speech best speech in the entire convention. I, I don't think Bill Clinton is the right person to humanize Hillary Clinton. Um, you kind of need someone to humanize Bill Clinton first for his <laughs> credibility. Um, yeah, he didn't mention his affairs and their life story. He didn't mention his uh, multiple rape allegations, and um, he also didn't mention how his wife defended a child rapist. But you know, it's all. <laughs> I mean, they're really, I don't know why, like, not even from, like, a Democrat or Republican thing. I don't know how anyone could actually vote for Hillary Clinton. Yeah? It's yeah, not, not based even, on policies, just based it's on It's not even based on policies. Like, it's just based, like, on her being a person and what she's done in her life. Yeah. Like, she'd be a good politician if she just didn't, wasn't an evil human being. Slash robot. Slash lizard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, I think I think uh, uh, Ivana Trump did uh, Ivanka. Yeah, Trump she's friends she with Chelsea Clinton. Yeah, I just think that Trump. I mean, because Trump hasn't like. I don't know. I'm sure he's done some shady stuff, but like, nothing as bad as actually killing people and lying yeah. about it. Did you like Bill's speech? No. I just don't like the way he talks. And... I liked it. I love the way he talks. He's such a good speaker. I don't like it. So, moving on to Michelle Obama. This was a good speech until speech, the tail like... end of it. Which, I, this is this gets down to like... Slaves. The, well, that's true. The White House was rebuilt by slaves. Um, right, but like... But this goes... The tail end of her speech... It's kind of personal for me and my personal beliefs on what a first lady should be. Um, the first lady is supposed to be poised and elegant and almost above the politics of their husbands, or I guess you could even say first person. Just Whoever's the person married to the president, doesn't matter if they're a man, woman, whatever, they're supposed to be above those politics and have the general welfare of the people in mind and do charitable work for public health, the welfare of children, the welfare of women, whatever. So that's what their speech should be about, because they're speaking on behalf of whoever they're speaking for at this convention. But Michelle Obama and her speech towards the end went directly at Trump and attacking Trump, getting her involved in the politics, and I just feel like that's very distasteful for a first lady, even a first lady who's about to be a former first lady. That's just an area you should avoid and maintain your credibility kind of as a first lady and be above the politics and be just a better person in general because politics is dirty and the first lady should be this icon on the hill you know that you look for and they're such a great person and stuff and when you get mixed in that politics like she did 
um, with these direct attacks on Trump, not even just kind of gentle little hints at it. It just ruins the speech for me, honestly, just because it loses that elegance that the First Lady's speech should have. So, how do you feel about that, Austin? Yeah, I mean, definitely First Lady's job is to kind of, you know, be not so politically charged that you're saying things like she did. Her job is to, you know, help little kids, you know, have the life they need to grow up to be responsible adults, you know. Um, you know, kind of, let's see, like, you know, like an Eleanor Roosevelt kind of thing, you know, where the husband's doing most of the, the nitty gritty politically charged stuff, but she's kind of like the figurehead or, or the queen basically is what she is. You know, the queen doesn't really do anything, but she serves as my, you know, a very important part of British politics. Yeah. That's my opinion on, uh, what first lady should be. Or I don't know what Bill will do. I I can't really picture him going around to little kids saying, "You're gonna be a star when you grow up." You know, it's just like, yeah. like I got to see. You need a, uh, You need to eat apples with your your, especially, your school food. Especially someone, because Bill has already been a president. Like it's gonna be hard for him to be first lady or man or whatever. I don't first know. gentleman. It's, it's the the not, the correct term is first gentleman. Ah, uh, first dude sounds cool. First to me, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's what first I would dude. want to be called. Yeah. <laughs> first dudette. Of course, I hope this alternate reality doesn't happen. Because, so. uh... Yeah. I mean, I think she had a good speech. I think the whole part with, uh... You know, I mean, of course, yeah, technically, it's, you know, white guilt, house full of slaves, you know, but... House full of slaves? I think it was house, house built, built by, by slaves. slaves. House full of slaves. Anyway, well, I mean, I, I, <laughs> that's debatable. Obviously, the White House, you got to keep in mind that it's burnt in 1812, so the White House no, burnt now in 1814. is 1814. War of 1812. You know, it's close, right? <laughs> it's two years off. The, the, the White House now is clearly, hopefully different. I, I hope they have indoor plumbing. Yeah. I hope their toilets have the S-trap. Well, they, they updated a lot of that stuff in the Truman rebuild. When Truman was like, yeah, yeah this is all outdated. Let's uh, give a little quick yeah. refresh uh, and like completely he, rebuilt the White House. Quick history lesson here. Uh, Thomas Crapper invented the modern toilet. He, If you really take part of toilet, you'll see that the pipes are in S-shape, which keeps the stank from coming back up. Yep. True story. Yep. I feel like that was needed in our White House discussion. Okay. Before we move um, on to the next speech, which is like, Elizabeth Warren, I would like to talk... I like, I like Michelle Obama, but like... Yeah? Can I finish I my thought? Honestly. No. Well, Eric's not here, so someone had to fill in the role. Of interrupting just... me. Let's talk about Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, <laughs> Defending yeah, slavery. <laughs> Yeah, classic Bill, man. He said that the slaves in the White House were clearly... <laughs> they, were had food, and they had food, and they had food, and Michelle... Good old Bill, man. <laughs> he had to say that. Like, <laughs> I, like, I don't think Bill O'Reilly is an evil person. I'll always be the first to defend Bill O'Reilly when he says something stupid, but... Really? <laughs> he had to say that? Oh, God. <laughs> Slavery's making a comeback, boys. We just have to feed him and give him houses. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I'll, I'll agree, the slaves who worked in the White House, probably, uh, maybe, 
I had better treatment. Than they had nice lodgings, but they weren't getting paid. They're true, slaves. True, true debt. <laughs> that but was not enough. Probably, probably better life. <laughs> and they were forced into it. They had no choice. Mobile, Bama. I mean, yeah, but they're slaves. True. They don't have rights. They don't have freedom. Like, he's like, oh, it's okay because I had food and shelter. What more could you ask for? Could not have food or shelter. (laughs) You ever think about that? I don't know, man. Let's talk about Elizabeth Warren. I don't really care about her speech. It wasn't, it was just Elizabeth Warren speaking, which just gives me a headache. That's nothing personal. Nothing personal against her. It's just I don't like her voice. It should be personal against her. Her her voice hurts me. Um, she might be, she might be the only person I hate more than Hillary Clinton. Yeah, like, I don't like honestly hate Hillary Clinton or hate Elizabeth Warren. If if I was Elizabeth Warren, I wouldn't speak at the DNC. I'd be so pissed that she didn't, I didn't get picked as vice president because you know they were supposed to be girl power. Yeah, but let's talk about the most important thing about her speech, which were the people chanting that they trusted her. You know, we trusted you, and then. Uh, they like silenced them or something because they were going and they were going strong and then all of a sudden they just stopped. They, and like with the Republican National Convention, if somebody was just holding up a sign that was like anti-Trump or something, the cameras would pan over to it. But the media never panned over to the people like that were chanting things, like verbally chanting things. You could just hear them and then all of a sudden they were silenced. I don't know if they brought out security. I couldn't. I tried to research it, but I couldn't find out what actually happened to the people that were chanting that they trusted her. Because originally, Warren supported Sanders, right? Yeah, I believe she did. Um, So what they were chanting was that they trusted her to support Sanders, and then she changed sides. And yeah, the media didn't pan the shot to the people who were uh, chanting that. And yeah. It was... Yeah, it was an interesting occurrence. Nothing of her speech was really that relevant. It was all kind of just the generic DNC talk. We need to vote for Hillary because of this, 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 and this. And yeah. And it was Elizabeth Warren, so I had to take a Tylenol before listening to it. Just because her voice is, like, True. Ab- abrasive. I don't I don't like it. Um, she sounds like a witch or something like that. Actually, she should become a voice actor. She'd be pretty good voicing like a witch or something. Yeah, I, I think she would be so let's talk about bernie sanders and his damage control speech because his delegates were basically going insane at the beginning of the convention and there was uh not a whole lot of unity in backing clinton so his speech was all about damage control and trying to like hey delegates you should vote for hillary because it's going to be a jolly time and i also like that he kind of related his campaign to Hillary's campaign and then also reinforced that with the historical relevance of his campaign and what it's accomplished and how his campaign's molded the Democratic platform into adopting a lot more um, liberal ideologies and less moderate, like the $15 minimum wage and stuff like that and how they've changed that. So I really like that. Also, he drew direct comparisons to Trump and Clinton's uh, platforms and their beliefs on policy, which I thought was something that was very necessary. Nobody else was doing. Everybody's just like, Trump's stupid, so we shouldn't vote for him. And then Bernie Sanders gets up there and he's like, this is where they disagree and this is why Clinton is better, which was a lot better than this guy gets on TV and he says stupid things. Like, that's what everybody else was saying. Like, they were literally yeah, just that's... making references to him at, like, press conferences and stuff. But Sanders actually came out and delivered analysis. Like, I love Sanders, like, a lot. 
like not policy wise, but just how he conducts himself, how he speaks, his analysis know, of man. things. I lost all my respect for Sanders once he shilled out to Hillary. Yeah, that that I don't agree with like at all. It's like, like I understand why Ted Cruz didn't endorse Donald Trump. It's not the right decision to make, but it's like at least he's standing by his morals. Like yeah, but argued, he shouldn't argued and argued and argued. He shouldn't have gone up on the stage though. Yeah, he shouldn't have gone up on stage. He should have just know, stayed like, in the background. Not you know what I mean? Like it's it's like yeah, he didn't have to you know endorse him because they've argued and argued and argued and argued. It just wouldn't make sense to be oh we're friends now though. It's all cool. Well, no, it, it's like it's not it's not even that. It goes beyond that. It's because Donald Trump made personal attacks against his wife and his father and stuff that. When it when you're just arguing politically, it's okay to become friends, you know. Oh, we've come to common right. ground on these issues. But, but when it's personal, you he shouldn't have endorsed Trump. I've watched not every single Democratic debate, but I've watched most of them, and it's the whole entire time. It's just it's Bernie says something, and then there claps, 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 and then Hillary says the same exact things. It's woo. Yeah. It, it's just. Actually, Hillary, I was here first, and uh, here's what I'm doing that's better than you, and here's why you're not qualified to become president. And then it's like, oh, by the way, I think she's qualified to become president now because I lost. Even though, her, you know, she's not, you know, she's not what my party platform is, you know, democratic socialism. You know, I think it just doesn't make sense to me for Bernie to support her, and I think he definitely lost a lot of votes. Yeah, for the Democratic Party because of that, because a yeah, lot Trump's, of Bernie fans. Trump's like pulling like twenty percent of Democrats now. A lot of Bernie fans are upset. And he was at like ten, which they have the right to be upset, right? Like, Bernie fans don't like Hillary Clinton. Uh, I think that's she's the only reason why he's not the nominee, right? I think it's safe to say. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if I was a Ted Cruz supporter, obviously I wouldn't like Donald Trump, right? Because Donald Trump was the only thing standing in the way of Ted Cruz getting the nominee, right? So it just makes sense. Yep. You're a Rubio supporter, though, starting out. But it's like... <laughs> so why aren't you mad? Well, I mean, like, there are other reasons, right? Like, <laughs> he was third place consistently for a long time, and then he said some stupid stuff that were like, ah... Oh. And so I just I gave it up. I'm like I know when I'm defeated. So, next Donald Trump's the best next best choice. Yeah. I don't really the think Bernie the Bernie supporters weren't defeated. Bernie just sold out, so they have every yeah, right so. to be mad and even madder okay. than they are now. And and I'll I'll say this, he knew he lost, and he quit right then and there. He didn't do some cuck and cuck United alliance <laughs> like Ted Cruz and Kasich. Kasich. So you you have to give him that right like. He, he got out when it was time to get out. So I have respect for him. I don't have respect for Kasich. I don't have respect for Cruz. And I've lost my respect for Bernie. I never had respect for Hillary. Um, yeah, I used, to, I used to respect Bernie a lot. Well, yeah, it's because, like, he had a message that he truly believed in. It might, I might not believe in it, but I could tell he did. And I can admire that in a person. Yeah. You know, like, he's a good politician. Let's Let's talk more about Bernie and, like his people and stuff after the second transition when we're talking about protests and get into some of the protesters and stuff. And let's go ahead and move on to uh, talking about Tim Kaine's speech. I really didn't like it. I don't think, well, he's not as like well-versed of a, as a speaker. So he's just not going to be as good of a speaker. Um, his speech was a little bit generic. And I also think it was a little bit choppy. Like he basically packed a speech full of one-liners, you know, yeah. just like single sentences that are 
that makes a point and you're supposed to cheer after them. And also he uh, etched in some Spanish and stuff, which I liked. I thought it was decent. Um, a lot of people didn't like it because they didn't understand what he was saying. And I speak. Well, didn't he a... say what he said afterwards? Like, Well, on some occasions. Thing? Some of it was like kind of implied. Um, but like it, it's a lot more enjoyable if you can speak some Spanish like I can. Um, but I, I can understand where people kind of got frustrated. Like what, why is this guy saying things in Spanish? And then after he repeats what he said, they're like, Oh, okay. So yeah, I thought it was a little bit too generic though. I think he should have found some ways to, um, make it more effective. And also the fact that he did a Trump impersonation and it sounded exactly like Yogi Bear that just kind of like ruined it. Because, like, if you're going to do a Trump impersonation, I think it should be a little bit better. Like, you need to know your limits, and that was beyond his limits. He should have just quoted Trump instead of trying to impersonate him. Yeah, I mean, the reason why Tim Kaine's speech is generic is because Tim Kaine's generic. Yeah, he's generic. Think about it. There's no reason for Hillary to pick Tim Kaine as VP, right? He doesn't have anything to offer. He's a senator. The Spanish vote. Slash governor, right? Was he governor or senator? I don't remember. I think he was a senator. I know he was a senator. I think. Both, right? Senator slash governor of Virginia, a state that's gonna run blue probably no matter what. There's no point in picking him as your VP. You could have picked another, you know, you could have picked Elizabeth Warren, for example. You know, she has a lot of pulling. Nancy Pelosi, if she wanted it. Like, there are, there are different people. I feel like she could have really, you know, used her vice president pick towards her advantage. Whereas, you know, it, this kind of speaks, to, sends a clear message to me at least, is that Hillary. He's Hitler. <laughs> Hillary, I kind of choked myself. That was on accident. Did not mean to do that. <laughs> Hillary. Hillary. Hillary's confident that she will win, right? Like there's no doubt in my mind. Slip. There's no, there's no reason to pick Tim Kaine in my mind. Like there's just isn't. Could have picked any other better politicians than Tim. So that's why yeah. she picked. He was. He She's was confident she'll win. He was governor, and then he was. Uh, then he became a senator, or is currently a senator. That's really weird. So no, that's not really that weird. He's just climbing the ladder because he it's like governors a better role than. No, I think I think a U.S. senator's kind of like a higher position than a state. I think governor. governor does more. He's in charge yeah. of more people. Yeah. I don't know. There's more. You're more in the public eye though, as U.S. senator. So. Yeah. In fact, the yeah. governor's more important. Yeah, it is. The governor is definitely more important. So, yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about the main speech, which was Hillary Clinton's speech. I liked his speech, actually. You did? Yeah, I I liked Obama's speech. I didn't didn't like it enough to, like, put it in our analysis, but yeah, if you want to talk about it, we can. I mean, mean, it's fine. I just say I liked the speech. Like, overall, I I like President Obama. He's a cool dude. Like, he's made a lot of Not policy-wise. Not really. (laughs) Yeah, like, he's made a couple of good policy decisions, and definitely during the beginning of 2008, I was like, oh, hey, this is not too bad, right? And then, you know, stuff happened. And then he slapped us with a stimulus package, which did absolutely nothing, because everybody just threw the money into our savings accounts. Yeah, same thing Bush did. Like, he should learn from the past. Like, stuff like that doesn't work, so. I mean, I thought Obama's speech was good. Yeah, it it was good. I didn't put it in here, because I didn't think there was much to analyze about it, so... So yeah, Hillary Clinton, honestly, there's not that much to analyze about hers. It was super generic. It wasn't, like, wowing in any way. 
she did make some very good arguments against trump she from like a versus standpoint on the issues she did very well arguing against trump's stances i think but i think she could have done it in a little more emotional way she's not like a powerful speaker like trump kind of has that mussolini thing going on you know like he gets up there and it you can feel the power of his speech with hillary clinton it's more of she's getting up there and she's addressing everybody that you don't have that emotional strength between her and the audience really which at the dnc that's kind of inflated because of course everybody's going to go crazy it's like a giant party so it doesn't really matter you can be the most monotone person ever up there speaking and the audience is going to go crazy if you're famous and you're a primetime speaker so but yeah to the to the average listener of her speech it, it was kind of generic she had good claims but it didn't hold that energy it didn't really get the viewer kind of pumped you know it wasn't a pep rally speech like it should have been it was just kind of a long drawn out address to the democratic party which is kind of what it was supposed to be but i think trump did a better job of doing that stating a lot of the policy and adding that emotional element but trump's just generally better at adding that emotional element than hillary clinton so what were your thoughts on clinton's speech it's I man i didn't really like it thought it was just a normal hillary clinton speech yeah i thought it was God, a little slow pace if she if she gets elected i i don't think i, I mean, i've watched all of obama's um what they called state of the union addresses mm -hmm. like he's a good speaker right? he's a like, really good speaker i don't like him he's a good speaker i like his speeches i like listening to him even though i don't like what they're saying i just like listening to it god she is not a good speaker i hillary and you're kind of our you're kind of our expert on speaking because you've done Man, my two years of speech and debate where <laughs> I got like last place every tournament. I'm the best debater. I didn't do I speech guess. and debate. True, I guess you didn't do it at least. But <laughs> yeah, I, I like to think I'm pretty good at public speaking. So I almost forgot the one when they're making phrase there. Uh, I don't really like Donald Trump speaking either. I hope he changes it up at least because there's no point in him going when he's president already because yeah. I think it's partially his gig is he needs to do that to become president. But Yeah, he needs to get people pumped up, but then after he becomes president, he needs to become a lot more uh, slow and precise and more presidential. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if that happens. I honestly really doubt it. <laughs> but Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's... Hillary Clinton, you know, it's just in the end, it's a Hillary Clinton speech. Like, what is there to say? Yeah, there's not much to say. So let's go ahead and have our second break so I can get a drink after talking about these speeches. And we're going to talk about protests, and then we're going to do a little comparison of the DNC and the RNC. And then we'll have our closing time, our chill time and comment section for our closing. Uh, so if you have any questions or anything, ask it in the chat right now. If you're watching live, if you're watching the recording of this, ask questions in the comment section if you can. If you're on like iTunes, Google Play, or whatever, or you can't really do that. So go find either the SoundCloud link where you can leave comments or YouTube, and I will try and get to those after this has uploaded. But yeah, if you want us to talk about it in the podcast, you have to be watching in the live stream, and we'll answer questions, talk about your comments. And we will be back from this short break so I can get a drink. So, see you guys on the other side of this transition.
And we are back from that short break. I have, or I have received the drink into my body. And we're going to be talking about protest. What? <laughs> now I got like those uh, Starburst uh, slushies. I had Taco ices. Bell too today for dinner. Nice. I didn't get a drink though. I'm just drinking sweet tea from my refrigerator. So, okay, let's talk about these protests. So basically, the DNC wasn't. They weren't really expecting a whole lot of protests. The RNC was just because. The Bernie supporters love protesting Trump, and I love watching them protest Trump. But that didn't really happen. Um, it was kind of anticlimactic. But the DNC, all the Bernie protesters showed up because they were all mad that Bernie was giving in to Hillary, especially after the email leak that the election was rigged in Hillary's favor. That got them all mad. And they were out in the streets with signs up against the fences, and it was just your general protest on a huge scale. And they were marching and whatnot i didn't really hear anything like interesting that happened i think there was some guy jumping on a police car at the rnc somebody do i can't even talk some dude lit his pants on fire i mean that was like interesting but that was pretty legit yeah um i didn't really hear anything like that from the dnc protests have you heard anything interesting about him it was just kind of your generic holding up signs yelling protest yeah, I mean... Yeah. But where it gets interesting is inside the arena. Where people, yeah. Bernie delegates, were sitting on their hands um, to show that they weren't applauding and stuff like that. They were refusing to applaud. They were booing. They got silenced. Um, during some of the delegate rallies for like each state, they would hold like a breakfast and with all the delegates from that state and they could eat together, talk. Um, Bernie got booed by... What delegation was that? It's like Florida or California, something. Some some delegation from some state booed him on stage. Um, they were his delegates. Actually, I think it was just the collection of his delegates he was addressing was in a particular state, and they booed him. And things are starting to get interesting now. What I'm about to tell you guys is not confirmed in any way. It is all rumor. But it is very, very, like, proven rumor. Like, pretty much a fact, except it's not been stated as a fact. Um, apparently, the DNC set up white noise machines to drown out the people that were booing. They just kind of produced a static noise. And I don't know how they implemented them. I think they were just, like, under the seats of the chairs of, like, Bernie delegates and stuff that were doing the booing and... Um, yelling random chants and stuff during uh speeches and basically those were there to create kind of a canceling noise to cancel out their boos and stuff so the mics that were picking it up from the press would just hear kind of the speaker and then any loud cheers and it would just kind of drown out those boos which were when you boo it's like a lower pitch tone than a cheer so they were trying to cancel that out which is very wrong because that's kind of rigging the public's view of the convention the public should see the convention for what it is um yeah it's very wrong it is not confirmed that they did that it is confirmed by delegates that were there but no officials have said anything about it it's just kind of what we've heard from delegates that were actually sitting there in the convention is that those machines were implemented to drown out the booing and the protest among the delegates. 
pretty so. spooky. It is pretty spooky. So we'll wait to see about more of that. I wish it was like actually confirmed before the podcast. That's what I was hoping for, but I haven't been able to find that out. So just take that with a grain of salt that it might not be true, but from what I've heard, it is pretty much confirmed. So I wanted to throw that in there with the protest stuff because it's kind of trying to cover up protesters. So let's go ahead and compare the DNC and the RNC. First thing I'd like to start out with is the opening prayer. Now, for anybody who's a Christian, they will know that a prayer is a solemn, uh, very respectful thing. You know, you're communicating with God. And the RNC... Not even Christian, man. It's religious, right? No, other, other people have prayers. Like... Well, yeah, but these are Christian religious. prayers. All right, but, you know... Like the, the opening prayer for the convention... Um, a prayer to Allah or a prayer to God, and like it's yeah. It, well, whatever. If if you're religious, you know what a prayer should be like, what it's generally like. Even if you're not, like I feel like you should still know. And the RNC is perfectly like this. Everybody, you know, heads bowed respectfully. Even the people who were not religious, you know, it's just out of respect. There's silence, you know, as the prayer continues until it ends, and then yeah, that's just a normal prayer. The DNC is a totally different story. It was literally like a pep rally, like their prayer. Some people are like, oh, yeah, that's good. That's great. But if you're like remotely religious, like you'll find that disrespectful. Not even that, because like that's just like, you know, like your Southern Baptists, you know, it's like, oh, man, you know, like yelling, oh, you know, yelling religious stuff. This was just cheering and screaming like. When they're like, thank you, God, for giving us Hillary Clinton! Wow! That was literally oh what people God, were like. like. Please, no. So everybody went crazy, and it wasn't just like a short applause or anything. It was like an explosion. It was totally disrespectful, and they actually had to like take breaks in the prayer just so people could cheer and chant and do whatever. Like That wasn't a prayer. It was just a pep rally speech, and I, I found it very disrespectful. I didn't like it that much. Um, I think the RNC was a lot more professional in their prayer. So what are your feelings about the prayers at the conventions? I mean, I don't know. I don't really know if you want my opinion. I don't really care. Like, it's just whatever. Yeah, but um, I thought... Clearly, the disrespect... I mean, I can see how it's disrespectful, but, I mean, it's also the DNC, and this is just an assumption that I've made. Most liberals, not most, but... A good majority of liberals who uh, not believe in God or mostly side with the leftist views, right? Probably, so I can yeah. see how that would be more crazy on the Democratic side, whereas in the RNC, you know, more conservative in nature, you know, pro-life people are definitely Republicans. So it's you know, you can see why it's different. You know, yeah, just from looking at this, the point of views of the parties so disrespectful though yeah so let's compare some of the like speeches and stuff um in general i kind of like the speeches at the rnc better i know there was a lot of controversy about them plagiarism claims on melania trump's stuff her speech and also eric trump or donald trump jr one of his sons it was just minor plagiarism citations basically it was just he quoted somebody, and they're like, yeah, you quoted them. And he's like, yeah, I quoted them. Or I used what they said to kind of design 
this one sentence of my speech. But Melania Trump was like direct plagiarism of Michelle Obama and her speechwriter fessed up to that and said basically nonchalantly that she was influenced by watching that speech right before she wrote Melania Trump's speech. So if you want to believe that or not, go ahead. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed them in general more just because you had like, I think they just had better speakers slotted. They needed some more powerful speakers at the DNC. Nothing really got anybody like super riled up, pumped up, you know, it was a lot of, uh, factualness which speaking factually and analyzing things that's good when you're debating when you're doing anything but these conventions are meant to be parties they're meant to pump up the party the political party and get them unified and get them on track to winning the general election and i think the republicans did a lot better job of that of getting the voters kind of ready to jump on board with the republican party and the democrats just kind of analyze things and kind of well, dug into things. Just basically how inter the entertainment um, community, by entertainment I mean actors and singers and stuff, that clearly the DNC is going to have better like entertainment, you know, because most of them are liberals. You know, Clint Eastwood can only kick a few chairs a couple times before yeah. it's not funny anymore. So... <laughs> In terms of entertainment-wise, you know, you got to give it to the NC just because they can get more yeah. people to come to their convention. Where, like Katy Perry. Yeah, you can get Katy Perry. Let's roar for Hillary! Never going to see Katy Perry go to the RNC. Like, that'll just never happen. No. You can get some, like, country music people at the RNC. True, I guess you could get some. But not a lot of well, no, people want to watch that. You know what the RNC had? You duck the RNC. Yeah. That's what you got. <laughs> So, yeah, in general, that's just kind of the way the speeches went. I, I mean, I, I liked Joe Biden's speech. I liked Obama's speech. I liked part of Michelle's speech. You know, they had good speeches, but... Yeah, they had good speeches, but they weren't... They weren't uh, pep rally speeches. They were just kind of political speeches. I didn't watch all of Obama's speech, but I'm glad he didn't spend the entire time smashing Trump. It's very unpresidential of him to do that. Yeah. If he did. I don't think he did, at least. I just watched a few highlight clips from throughout the speech, so. Yeah. And those, he, he didn't, wasn't bashing Trump, so. I think that's good. At least not directly, he didn't. No. He didn't go out and say, like, most of the others like, right, Trump, rah, 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 you know. Yep. He didn't do that, so. I think that was good. I don't think Joe Biden did either, so. Yeah. Unfortunately, I couldn't watch Joe Biden's wife's speech because um, Twitter was like, yeah, you don't need to watch that. We're going to watch our analysis live. Wow. Yeah. So I was upset about that. Yep, they did analysis over her speech. and Well, that was CBS, right? Mm -hmm. the news service they were using on Twitter. Um, yeah. That, that kind of sucked. I wanted to hear her speech. Um, let's go ahead and move on to kind of comparing the protests i know we kind of did already rnc was a big letdown not a lot of protesters showed up there was code pink who got people into the building holding up signs and stuff but they were dealt with swiftly by being escorted out or fellow audience members taking their signs away from them or covering up their signs with american flags and stuff 
So yeah, there was basically nothing huge. Of course, the DNC overrun with protesters, mainly against Hillary for Bernie, but not a whole lot of like Republican protesters protesting the convention, because just generally you don't see Republicans protesting as much as Democrats. Um, Democrats and kind of the left side of the political spectrum in general are generally more activists and they fight for people's rights and stuff like that, um, which is great. So they're generally the ones out protesting. The conservatives, they're kind of like, eh, do we really care? No. So then they don't protest. So on the shenanigans scale, I definitely think the RNC had more shenanigans, like in the background. Shenanigans is the word that I'm going to use for like the background things that went on, you know, like Alex Jones being spat on by the Young Turks guy. You had Milo Yiannopoulos going and questioning Twitter executives at the Twitter booth because the Breitbart News booth was right across from the Twitter booth and they're asking why he got banned from Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, There's just a whole lot more shenanigans. The DNC was just kind of, there wasn't a whole lot going on in the background other than like the white noise machine things. I guess you could label that as shenanigans. Allegedly, man, come on. Yeah, allegedly they had white noise machines to drown out people from booing the speakers. So... Yeah, shenanigans level, the RNC was a lot better and a lot more entertaining. Um, poor Alex Jones, he he got a. Uh, I think he should have gone to the DNC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there should have been a lot better, like, conservative news coverage of the DNC, because, like, Breitbart and all them were very heavily covering the RNC. But that's just kind of like you're covering what you agree with. There should have been the conservative side to the DNC, and we didn't really see that. Because, yeah. And same with, like, the lesser liberal news networks and stuff. They kind of covered the RNC, but not as well. So it would have been nice to see some, like, cross-analysis between the two. But a lot of those smaller news agencies and stuff that I like to watch, not the major networks... They didn't really cover what they disagreed with. They just kind of focused on whatever they agreed with, which I didn't like because I like to see why people disagree and stuff like that. Yeah. So For me, at least, it's like saying that you believe in something isn't going to convince me that you're more right. It's like when you disprove another person, it's like, hey, that's wow. It's, cause that's harder to disprove someone than it is to say something. Yeah. So that's why I like that cross-examination and stuff. Yeah, there definitely should have been more cross-examination at both from the minor news networks. Of course, the major news networks have a slight sway in their politics, but not a whole lot. Like, I wanted to see some, like, in-depth analysis from the Young Turks of the RNC. That would have been amazing, you know, like, live coverage. because they would have just been, like... They would have been triggered the entire time, and it would have been been so entertaining. Or, like, Breitbart News at the DNC. It would have been so entertaining to watch just, like, some great um, coverage of it video of the, the real young turks yeah that's actually accurate though like i've watched a couple young turk videos oh i watch them all the time goes on. yeah like they'll just be talking about something it'll be super professional it's like almost like you're watching like the actual news and then all of a sudden like one guy's just like but you know what would have happened if they didn't have guns nobody would have died Huh? And they just like so you're like huh? watching this. You're like, yeah, this what is this is some good telling. And then somebody just like slaps you with like leftistism, and you're just like, what? <laughs> like it, it totally catches you off guard. <laughs> he got his AR-46 out. There. <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever. 
<laughs> so yeah let's go ahead and close up this podcast with our chill time and comment section and it looks like we just have what bo he said nice at one point in the podcast and then he said dank at one point in the podcast go check out wet bo on his channel he makes youtube videos he was a guest on this podcast i'm glad he should you should get him on again because i missed that dude i wasn't here for that yeah you weren't here we're gonna have to we should have had him well we had the rnc and the dnc but Eric's not back yet. He should be back for the next podcast, I'm hoping. Um, definitely in, like, three podcasts from... Two or three podcasts from now. Um, Eric and I should definitely be together because we're moving in together. So it'll actually be, like, side-by-side side from, like, then on of me and Eric. And Austin will be, like, dead for a while because he's going to boot camp. So Hopefully just ten weeks. I'm, I'm supposed to have my phone with me when I go to AMP team. So yeah, so hopefully you can do the time. podcast at AIT. By time, I'll do it, yeah. But for like 10 podcasts or so, it'll just be me and Eric, so I hope you guys enjoy that. It'll probably be terrible, and it'll probably be the end of the podcast. Yeah, we'll get our roommates to, to come on with us. I don't know where they stand politically or if they're even interested in politics, but yeah. We're going to go ahead and call it a podcast for today. Thank you for joining us on whatever format you chose. And again, if you'd like to see our YouTube exclusive segment, you have to go to YouTube to see that. So go to our YouTube channel, check that out. Check out some other videos. If you enjoy them, go ahead and subscribe um, to get more great content like this podcast. But for now, we will see you guys next week, hopefully on Saturday at 3 p.m. Central Time. I know this one had to be done early. I'm sorry. And I gave short notice on Twitter. But yeah, we're going to be out of here. And I hope you guys have a great week. Special thanks to our contributors. Producer and host, Andrew. Writer and co-host, Eric. Co-writer and co-host, Austin. And also a special thank you for those of you watching on YouTube.